I'm not expecting it to take nearly as long as recording a regular episode. You know that we're going to talk for three hours, right? Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) And it is us. (laughs) And there's our opening quote. (laughs) I don't expect it to take that long. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And, and we're, we're the, the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle Podcast. Where we talk about two dysfunctional podcast hosts and a slew of listener questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special episode discussing season two. Yep. And that's it. No deep dives, no chapters, no nothing. Just us and you. Woohoo. Yep. Okay, I guess let's get started. <laughs> No disclaimers. It's an analysis podcast. We are going to be talking about things that are spoilerific. Yes. Well, and I'm not even drinking because honestly, today I'm (laughs) sick. So I don't think I need to add in the spaciness of alcohol with all of the other totally over the counter (laughs) drugs that I'm currently on. But yeah, I'm not feeling particularly well, but we wanted to try and get this out. So we are doing so. Please bear with me. Yep. But yeah, it's still analysis podcast. We will be spoiling things. Spoiling. Is that a word? Spoiling things. Uh, Okay, let's get going. Let's get going. (laughs) The only announcement we have is that the next episode will likely be the call down the hawk episode hopefully coming out the second maybe the third week of november because mm-hmm. it comes out on the fifth on the fifth yeah so we have to have a few days to read the book remember <laughs> and remember then the 5th of november. <laughs> remember remember the fifth of november <laughs> um and then do the analysis and yep. record and all that kind of good stuff but we want to try and get it out as quickly as after the release as we can yep look forward to that me too everybody thanks for being patient with us this season as we've been a little off our mark on getting stuff out but please stay subscribed to get updates on next season because we will be taking a short break to prepare short break and releasing not a short break for us not a break for us because we'll be preparing the next next season season. yeah yeah Yeah, stay subscribed subscribed for that tell your friends now is a good time to tell people to listen to us because they can binge it i guess people do that i mean mean, mean, not our podcast (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe i don't know (laughs) but anyway so because this is a special episode obviously it's going to be a lot more relaxed you're going to hear probably a lot of us just going off on tangents and that's what these are all about so Mm -hmm. let's get into the actual questions the point of this is to take a look at what the last season was like and what we're looking forward to in next season and go over some questions that folks have sent in to us and all that kind of good stuff absolutely okay so my first question is Mm -hmm. how do you feel about how season two and the dream thieves went do you have any favorite moments or struggles okay so (laughs) (laughs) i definitely feel like on the one hand the actual production of the podcast was a lot easier because Mm -hmm. we had season one under our belts obviously and we had a workflow already developed and on the other hand (laughs) 
you and I both had personal stuff right. this year and like we had losses in our families mm-hmm. and just personal emotional stuff that was hard. It's been a rough year. Yeah, it was unexpected trips out of town mm-hmm. for both of us. And so I think the actual podcast production wasn't hard. Right. It was the life stuff around the podcast production that was hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I basically said the same thing. I feel like we've learned a whole lot from season one in terms mm-hmm. of like production and stuff right and we use that to improve in season two right? I think I think we've gotten a lot better right and uh, it was like we can definitely handle more pages of notes now <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh like we tripled the amount of notes like well doubled at least like, oh 15 pages of notes that's a lot that's a lot and now we're like 30, 30. 28 30 32 <laughs> pages of notes there are more pages of notes than actual pages that we're covering in the book <laughs> Usually. <laughs> and we're getting through them in about the same amount of time. Right. So hopefully that means that we are tighter than we used to be. Oh, uh, I think we are. I think the biggest struggle, like you said, has just been the fact that we started out behind yes. because of like... My laptop crashed. That yeah. was the first thing that happened in the season. It was uh, like, we oh, like, wow. Okay, we're going to get this done. And oh, wait, no. no yeah, literally the day before we were supposed to record the first episode of season two, right. my laptop went down so Mm. that put us behind schedule right and then just like life just kept throwing stuff at both of us like it it's just been how many times did we call each other going i just can't do it Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah and usually nine times out of ten when mom would do that the other would be like yeah me neither let's just Well, and that was part of it, too. When we started this, we made a commitment to do the best quality we possibly could. Right, We're exactly. not professional podcasters. We don't do this as a full-time job. We don't have a professional studio. The editor is me. You know, we're doing things back and forth on a Google Docs. We right. don't have a production team. <laughs> It's like, we're recording this on your laptop in your extra bedroom. Correct. (laughs) On a microphone that we bought for a A game that's no longer going on. A game that's no longer happening. It's all us, basically. Yeah, Yeah, we don't... So, like, if we're not feeling well, then... You're right. If we're sick, then it just doesn't get done. Right. But, yeah, I hope season three has less interference from life and no more catastrophes. Knock on wood in a place that's not going to make a terrible... Whoop, that that was it. That was where I didn't... <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> it's all right. I'm bad today. Oh it's my okay. gosh. No, it's all right. <laughs> um, okay. I am still going through and editing some of our earlier episodes to kind of get them back up to where we are now. And there is a big difference between you can just tell we don't even have like the microphone arm. The sounds in the background are awful in the first couple of episodes. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so glad we got that arm. (laughs) Did we not have the arm in the first couple of episodes? Oh, wow. Or at least we didn't have it set up so we weren't touching the arm. Right. (laughs) One or the other. It was like real bad. Okay, so a question from Alchemical Words on Tumblr. What is your favorite season two memory for both of you? My favorite memories are all the times you have made me laugh so hard, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. And so many of those moments oh my, don't get recorded. Oh my God, that is literally what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
here for to hang out with you and talk about these books and say, "Oh my God, that's exactly what I said." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mine was, it's probably stuff that doesn't make it in the actual podcast. (laughs) Like whenever Shannon is laughing so hard, she's crying and says, I wish we were recording all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, that may be kind of a cheat answer, but the best part about making the podcast is being able to spend time with my best friend. I love you. I love you too. We think too much alike sometimes. sometimes. I swear. Uh, was I'm any- glad to know that we're enjoying the same things about yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> as long as that that is the core of this. I mean, that is the whole point. That's the reason why we're doing it. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, I love it when those moments do get recorded and they end up as stingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I just let it let it go. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. So, Lena is a nerd. As a Tumblr comment asked, what was your favorite episode this season? I almost feel like this is also a cheat answer. <laughs> Definitely the Substance Party episode. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was so looking forward to it and I was dreading it at the same time because I knew that I had so much that I wanted to say in that episode. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a big one for me. To me, it was the cornerstone of the season. Right. And it really was. So that was my favorite episode. Shannon Mm -hmm. might have a different answer, though. (laughs) I I was just going to say that that is such a hard question Mm -hmm. because I don't know that I could pick one episode as my absolute favorite. It's because I have such a good time, like, researching them and then recording them and hanging out with you because it's such a blast to just sit down and spend time with you and like talk about this book that we both really like yeah i agree Uh, yeah i think that if i had to pick one it would probably be the substance party one just because like you were so into it yeah you were like oh my god is there anything i get to say seriously all right i guess navita's still talking (laughs) sounds good i'm just gonna sit over here can i knit (laughs) Uh, okay what was the most surprising thing about doing the podcast this time and did it feel substantially different than season one I was really surprised by how much I warmed up to Ronan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I feel like doing the analysis helped me Mm -hmm. get where he was coming from a lot more. Like, understand the character a lot more. Right. And he feels a lot less like just a jerk to me now. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's still a jerk. Right. But it's just like, that's not, there's more to him now. Right. (laughs) As far as feeling different from season one, like I said before, I feel like the episodes themselves went more smoothly. Mm -hmm. But the season as a whole was more difficult just because of life. Yeah. And I, again, said very similar things. I think that the thing that was substantially different from this season, and one of the difficulties was... Because I had such a specific timeline for the season, and listeners aren't even going to know this, I wanted to release the 4th of July episode on the 4th of July. Right. I had that in my head from before we even started season two. That mm-hmm. was my goal. And because I had such a specific timeline in mind for the season, there was a point in the season where I was forcing myself out of the fun zone. Like, mm-hmm. we have to get this done. We have to do this. We have... And 
And that just was an unrealistic expectation. And once I let that go, it was a huge weight off of my shoulders and probably your shoulders as well, (laughs) because we had stuff happening. And Mm -hmm. there was once we couldn't hit that goal, it wasn't, uh, you know, anybody one way or the other. It was just just I I had something set in my brain and I had to let it go. Mm -hmm. And that was a learning experience for me. Mm. I had to just be like, okay, guess what? This is what we're doing now. None of the listeners are going to know that this is what I had wanted to do. Yes, it sounds like it's going to be super cool. I want to release this on 4th of July. It's not going to happen. Time to move on. Mm. So I'm sorry it didn't happen. Well, you know, it is what it is, (laughs) right? We had no control over it. Nope. Nope. I just had to let it go. Yeah. She was extremely sad about it, y'all. I was. And <laughs> and again, none of the listeners probably even knew that that was what mm-hmm. I wanted. But mm-hmm. that was the goal all along. And, you know, it just didn't happen. Do you feel like doing the podcast has helped you to make new connections in regards to foreshadowing and plot in the cycle, even more so than rereads? So specifically with the Dream Thieves, I think it was less about new connections and more about being very conscious about how those connections were presented coherently Uh and making sure that I was being respectful with the source material. And in some ways that led to maybe taking a more conservative approach, meaning like some of our conversations behind the scenes, we talked about, you know, it's hard to address mental health or toxic math masculinity or uh-huh. poverty or systemic racial oppression right when it's not a lived experience mm-hmm. and so i think this season it was more of a balance between this is something we want to talk about we do want to address it this is a theme in the book how do we do it with grace you know right exactly it's been a lot of thought that it's had to go mm-hmm. into like how to present these things right yeah mm-hmm. I absolutely do feel like doing the podcast in general has helped me make new connections in regards to the foreshadowing and mm-hmm. stuff I feel like the series really rewards sitting down and going through with a fine-tooth comb obviously mm-hmm. I also wouldn't be doing the podcast <laughs> right that is the point uh, that is why we talk about this for hours <laughs> on end uh, yes yeah and, it's like there's something pretty much every episode that makes me say oh wow Maggie was totally Totally planning this from like the very oh, beginning. Yeah. And I feel like I got that a lot more in The Raven Boys. Mm-hmm. Just because I think The Dream Thieves is probably the most self contained mm-hmm. of the books. Right. And I would agree. And of course, you also have the fact that The Raven Boys is specifically the first in a series that is setting up all of the other books. Right. So, yeah, you're going to get a lot more of the, oh, this ties into this, this ties into this, uh-huh. this ties into this. But you're right. Like the, the prologue d- being exactly like the epilogue. Right. Of- Whereas the Dream Thieves bookends itself. Right. You know, it's kind of, it is that self-contained story. Mm -hmm. Partly because, like, that's where she wanted to start. Right. And I agree from there. Right, right. I agree. Mm -hmm. So any favorite or surprising detail that you noticed this time around that you didn't see before? The one that pops to mind is, oddly enough, I am flabbergasted that I didn't think about what the heck people would do with a dead night horror or a dead flipping dragon. (laughs) Previous yeah. weeks. <laughs> it just, just never crossed my mind until this. A Camaro on the side of the road, uh-huh. people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cars on the side of the road, like, I mean, okay, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and on a more serious note, I continue to be impressed at how differently I view Declan and subsequent mm. releads. Like, knowing what he's been forced to deal with makes him so much more sympathetic when you go back and reread what he's yeah. doing. You see it coming from a whole different perspective. Yeah. My boy. 
I love Declan. I love Declan. Okay. So (laughs) I don't think that I necessarily came out with a surprising detail with the Dream Thieves. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe there were some specific literary devices, but I've been neck deep in the Dream Thieves since the first time I read the series. (laughs) Like, this is my favorite book. So it's very hard to, you know, say that there was anything new because Mm -hmm. I've spent so much time thinking about it. Right. I don't think it's just your favorite book in the series. I think it may be your favorite book it's you know maybe not (laughs) that's that is taking it pretty far uh, but it is definitely one of my favorite books right and so I still feel like there's stuff that is in my brain that I didn't even find a place for (laughs) in the dream thieves that could have been talked about for the Mm. book so nothing really surprising for me but that's because I'm neck deep in it you know I've been neck deep in it Mm mm-hmm Okay, so final feelings on the Dream Thieves. In a way, really relieved. (laughs) (laughs) Because like I was just saying, I feel like in some respects, I did not accomplish everything that I wanted to. And I didn't say everything I wanted to, but we did the best we could. Mm -hmm. And I think we did it justice. I could second guess myself from here till eternity and perhaps something new would pop out, but I'm relieved. I'm also sad. I mean, obviously I love these characters. I should say I love Kavinsky and the gray man coming in Mm -hmm. and kind of the story that's told in the dream thieves is very dear to my heart. And so I'm going to miss that. Right. Well, you can always revisit it and like, yeah, yeah. I'm never reading this book again. (laughs) How about you? My final thoughts are, I'm a bigger fan of this book leaving it than I was coming in. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you figured that I would be. Yeah. Ronan grew on me. Kavinsky mm-hmm. grew on me. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed the horror aspects. Oh. Because like, you know, the car aspects, I'm kind of like, eh, what else? Uh-huh. And like that had kind of overshadowed for me that like there's so mm-hmm. many like horror moments and I love horror. Or tense, just ten- yes. tension, a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The night horrors are freaking terrifying. Right. Yeah. yeah. The scene where they're fighting the night horror after it comes out of Ronan's mm-hmm. dream. Just like, Oh, this yeah. is like, what are, yeah. It's classic monster horror. Uh, like, yeah, straight up. Mm-hmm. What are you most looking forward to about Blue Lily, Lily Blue? And what are you least looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing Blue hit her stride because she really does in this mm-hmm. book. I'm looking forward to see her interact with Jesse Ditley because yeah. I love that interaction. Right. I'm looking forward to Mallory and the dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this is my favorite book in the series, as I've mentioned several times. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that I'm looking forward to. I can't really think of anything I'm not looking forward to. Wait, yes, I can. Okay. I'm not looking forward to seeing Persephone die. Oh, yeah. Like, not as in, oh, it doesn't fit the story. Just as in, like, you know, I love Persephone as a character. Right. And it makes me sad that, like, you know, after you that, know. she's no longer in the series. Yeah, you know it's happening. It's mm-hmm. coming up. Yep. So for me, I'm definitely most looking forward to all of the side characters. <laughs> like you said, <laughs> I had forgotten about how many great characters come in in this book. Because even Gwynthian comes in. Oh, in this yeah. Gwynthian's and yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the green mantles because I think they're hilarious. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to seeing the side of blue that I like best. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that there's anything that I'm not looking forward to. 
I guess maybe <laughs> I don't know what deep dives we're going to do yet. So I'm not looking forward to trying to figure out what deep dives we're doing. <laughs> but other than that, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. And we can brainstorm some deep dives later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of the process. Mm, yep. Yeah. So Lena is a nerd asks, again, as a Tumblr comment, any self-care tips you can share for when you just read an upsetting chapter and had a good cry? Mm-hmm. And a final non-podcast question. My friend is reading the series right now. She's on Dream Thieves and she's very perceptive, as in figures out entire character arcs accidentally after reading three chapters. <laughs> How do I fangirl and analyze along with her without swallowing my whole fist because I'm trying to neither confirm or deny her theories? Okay. (laughs) So for the first one, as far as self-care, I am a super weepy person in general, surprising nobody. (laughs) So if you're looking for things to help draw you out of an emotional state that you've been focusing on something sad in a book or however, something sensory is extremely helpful, like just touching something velvety or smelling a favorite scent or perfume or like holding an ice cube or, you know, having some non-caffeinated herbal tea or something that'll take you (laughs) back into your body is nice for Mm self-care. And you can take yourself physically out of the environment that you're in. Right. Again, if you want to remove yourself from sort of that feeling, like taking a walk, taking a bath, taking a nap, dancing around, like something that'll kind of break you away from that. Right. Yeah, as far as my self-care goes, my go-to is like a warm drink and some time to decompress, like basically the same kind of stuff you've been saying. Yeah. Basically, like, make your brain switch gears, like go do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, get out, take a walk, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that because I get so invested in fictional worlds. Right. I cry so much about books. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely can agree. Mm-hmm. And then for the second question about your friend. I am this friend. (laughs) And I want to say it's probably pretty annoying to watch TV with me because I guess the next plot point, (laughs) like that's half a season away. (laughs) So as for not spoiling things, I guess the best thing you can be is like (laughs) non-committal just with anything that might be a plot twist and just be like, "Uh uh-huh. Sure. Uh huh. But I mean, if she's picked up on something, it's not worth denying that it's going to happen. Obviously, we sit here in this podcast and talk about foreshadowing. So if she's one of those people that picks up on foreshadowing, Maggie layered that in and... Right. You know, obviously. Like, it's not really spoiling it if they've already, like, figured it out. Figured it out. Right. (laughs) I guess the point would be, like, for example, the twist with Noah. Right. If from the first, like me, I was like, oh, maybe he's dead because that's what he said. And if she's one of those people like me, it's not worth it saying, oh, no, he's not dead because then you're just you're going to frustrate me and Mm -hmm. you're lying to me. And it's easier to just go, oh, haha, that's a good theory and be Mm -hmm. noncommittal about it because otherwise, you know, it's frustrating. I I remember how like when I read the book of like when I read read them like discovering Noah's bones, I'm just like, what the? What in the? Huh? (laughs) What are you like? He flippin' says it multiple times. (laughs) I will say that when you were reading through the books, and I was trying not to spoil you, I just kept sending you Gansey memes (laughs) over and over, like, kind of unrelated to Uh, anything, but just things that I thought were funny that, you know, yeah. 
But yeah, trying to talk about something with somebody else when they're reading it, trying not to spoil it for them is mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. Especially someone who's super good at picking up on stuff like that. It's like, my partner is the same way. I try to make sure they read things first, honestly. Right. Right. Because yeah. like, otherwise it's just like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, they're not really averse to spoilers, so it doesn't matter, like... Because, like, I get confused as, like, where they are and stuff. And I'm oh. like, yeah. <laughs> okay, did you, like, pick that up from foreshadowing? Did you, like, I read that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. <sighs> Anything else on that? I don't think so. Okay. So an anonymous question on Tumblr. Hi, ladies. Going into the next book or season three, what do you do to get ready? Or even for an episode? If you don't want to talk about that, what are other things that you do when you're not working on the podcast? I'm loving Raven Girls. Can't wait for y'all to come back for Blue Lily and talk about Jesse Ditley and Mallory's dog. (laughs) (laughs) So getting ready for season three in Blue Lily Lily Blue. I've been re-listening to the audiobook as I fall asleep at night. Mm -hmm. Just trying to remind myself of what happens in the book and get my brain like working on it and thinking about it and then the next step is like to sit down and actually reread it mm-hmm. and sitting down with you to break up the chapters into episode chunks right and then we'll brainstorm the deep dive ideas and see what strikes us as fitting where mm-hmm. and as far as individual episodes go my technique is generally just like i read the chapters i highlight the bit that stick out and then i transfer those notes to the google doc and refine them which basically ends up being another reread of the chapter yeah yeah and deep dives are not as structured it's like mainly involves like scanning the internet (laughs) or the library i've done that a few times for info on the topic right yeah and the trick with both is trying to balance saying everything you want to say without making the episode way too long (laughs) very much so (laughs) yeah notes and deep dive both always end up being way longer than i expect right yeah and that's basically my process the Mm -hmm. first thing i do is listen to the audio book pretty much all the way through I think about the overarching themes of the book Mm -hmm. each book and each season has a notebook and I have a space in the notebook where I jot down ideas for deep dives Mm -hmm. what chapter they might have been in I jot down themes I jot down new characters but mostly I'm just listening to it and then I usually listen like with the last season I listened to the whole thing all over again so I started with dream thieves and then I listened to all Uh. of them back over to dream thieves Mm -hmm. So that I could get an idea of, okay, this is the book I'm focusing on, but how does it tie into the Raven cycle? Yeah, especially kind of looking at the book in that three-act structure Uh and breaking it into that so we can kind of break that into the season. And then we, of course, do the chapter episode chunks. And yeah, it's lots of reread, 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 Mm -hmm. reread. I sit down and skim the whole book and write summaries for each one and uh, yeah, all that kind of good (laughs) stuff. And then I'll do the same thing where like I really want to listen to some stuff specific on Arthurian legend for mm-hmm. Blue Lily and the Mabinogian for Blue Lily, things that I feel like are heavy influences on that right. book so that I can bring that historical perspective of the legends into the reading as right. I'm kind of going through things. And then for an episode, I read the chapter while I'm listening to the audiobook. I pause the audiobook <laughs> as I write notes, I highlight things. And I do the same thing. I take my notes, put them in a shared document. So yeah, you end up reading it like three times just while you're doing the notes. Oh, easily. uh Absolutely. Easily. I think for each episode, if you think about the audiobook and 
the reading of it for the actual episode notes. By the time I've gotten through the season and through the episode prep, it's probably been five times, Mm -hmm. I would say, just because you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you're reading passages from other books (laughs) several times. Yeah. And I've already, God knows how many times I've been through this series at this point as a whole. I literally don't have any idea. I have no (laughs) idea. And then what are the other things that we do when we're not working on the podcast? Well, I like to play games like video board and tabletop RPG. Like Mm -hmm. I do a lot of gaming. I also read a lot and listen to a ton of podcasts. Mm -hmm. I enjoy writing, but I don't do that nearly as much as I'd like to. Like I'm not even going to bother trying to start a NaNoWriMo this year. Yeah. And, oh, and I can't forget the biggest extracurricular activity that I have, which is volunteering at the zoo on Saturdays. Yeah. And that's a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah. I do the same. I am in three games right now. Soon that will hopefully be one game because <laughs> two is too many. Three is way too many. But I play a lot of tabletop RPGs, role-playing games. I also am constantly listening to podcasts, constantly listening to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. One of the nice things about this quote break has been that I've probably gone through six or seven audiobooks in the last week and a half or so. I craft a lot. Right now I'm working on a haunted Halloween dollhouse that I've had for a couple of years. It's really pretty. It's pretty gorgeous. Um, But I do a lot of crafts while I'm listening to audiobooks. I mean, it's something that I can do with my hands while Mm -hmm. I'm listening. And garden in the summer. So those are some of my big things. Yep. Darkest Wings said, if y'all have time in the anniversary episode, what advice do you have for people who want to be better at annotating books? Okay, I'm not sure I'm a good person to answer this (laughs) because it still terrifies me. I would say my number one tip is to get erasable highlighters and erasable pens. Mm -hmm. I use the ones by Friction, which is F-R-I-X-I-O-N. And the reason I say that is because the reason it terrifies me is writing in books is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bad, bad thing that I'm doing every single day. But I feel like if I can erase it, it's okay. (laughs) I don't know. The next thing that helped me was the fact that I consider my paperbacks with this to be burner copies. (laughs) Like, eventually, I will try to get a full set of hardcovers that has been signed by Maggie. Mm -hmm. And these will be the ones that I beat around. But I don't think I'd be able to physically write in a hardcover Um. without fainting. (laughs) And then... Third, and this is with actual annotation, it's developing a set of personal symbols, like a star LU means this is something that I want to look up later, like there's some sort of research Uh. that I need to do with this. And a number with a little circle around it means it's a number of repetitions of a certain motif or kind of making your own language that is a shorthand for Mm -hmm. what you might want to do later. Mm Mm-hmm. I had not even thought of what we were doing as annotating, basically. It's just because, like, I don't feel like I could take what I do and publish it as an annotation to these books. Right. And, like, I have no experience with that kind of thing. But annotating and analysis are very different. And as far as analysis, it's a matter of practice, Mm -hmm. basically. Like, the more you do it, the better you get at it, just like anything else. And the thing is, like, don't be afraid to put forth an interpretation. I think that's something that this has helped me with, Mm -hmm. like, you know, 
know, because if you can see it, it's a valid interpretation. Like, it's a valid reading. Mm -hmm. And also, and this is something that I've struggled with, don't assume that because you see something that it's so obvious that everyone else sees it too. Right. So it's not worth bringing up. Because, like, you know, they might not. There have been times when I've, like, saw something even like, oh. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Totally. Uh I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Two of Swords 621 said to Raven Girls, for your season two wrap up episode, was there anything that came out of Maggie's recent live tweet reread of the Dream Thieves that surprised you? Did you learn anything new from it? And also, this may be premature, but I've always thought there were interesting parallels between Kavinsky's approach to befriending Ronan and Henry Chang's approach to befriending Gansey, but I've never taken time to fully flesh them out in my head. Just wondering if you had any thoughts on that topic. I actually missed that Dream Thieves reread, unfortunately. Oh, on Twitter? Yeah. Um, so I can't really add anything to that. Okay. Like, I, I didn't like, I always forget to like, go back and catch up on stuff like that, mm. uh, which was bad, bad, bad podcast host. It's <laughs> all right. It's like, bad Raven girl. <laughs> but I can totally see the Kavinsky-Henry parallel. Mm-hmm. Now the listener points it out. Because, like, they both try to mentor and try to make the main character face their obstacle or fear. They have different tacks, obviously. Right, but right. That's definitely something I'll have to keep an eye out for when we're reading, Yeah, like, when Henry shows up. Yeah, for that one, I don't think I had ever drawn direct parallels between Henry and Kavinsky, other than the fact that they both know a lot more about the subjects of their interest, Gansey right. and Ronan, than they let on at the beginning, because uh-huh. Henry admits that he's been watching Gansey for his mom, basically. Right. And Kavinsky admits that he's been watching Ronan ever since he saw him manifest the mm-hmm. slashes in his arms. So they've been observing their subjects for a lot longer than they have ever let on. And Mm -hmm. so I guess both Henry and Kay are creepy peepers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For the first one, I guess nothing was super surprising in Mm -hmm. the Dream Thieves live tweet, except and maybe not to toot our own horn too much. But we were actually pretty accurate in a lot of our readings of the text. Right. Insofar as for picking up what Maggie had intended. Mm -hmm. I feel like there were times when we dragged Blue and Maggie was dragging Blue. (laughs) And we gave Gansey shit and Maggie was giving Gansey shit for this. You know, like we actually were saying what Maggie was intending us to get from it. Basically, you wrote those characters. Why are you dragging them? Well, because she wrote them to be dragged. Like, that's the point. Like, she wrote them knowing that that was a dumb decision that they were making. It's a character, Mm -hmm. not a perfect human. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was, you know, fun and validating of right. course. I think that the most surprising thing was the fact that I actually brought up in the last episode, which was that the dragon was kind of a late stage addition, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? There wasn't supposed to be a dragon? <laughs> I guess it makes sense. So. <sighs> okay, so Anonymous said... Hi, I just binge listened to your podcast and I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, I'm wondering which scenes from the books are you most looking forward to seeing the TV series? Also, which book cover do you like the most slash the least? And who do you think is on the cover of Blue Lily Blue? I always thought it was blue, but I recently heard the theory that it's Adam and that actually makes sense with Caves Water. I don't know. What do you think? Super excited for season three because BLLB is my fave. High five, Shannon. High five back. 
<laughs> I just stuck out my tongue at Shannon. <laughs> no. So for the first one, wondering which scenes I'm looking forward to seeing in the TV series. There are a lot of cinematic scenes. And I think the big sort of set pieces are the ones that I'm super excited about. Like the first time that they enter Cave's Water, uh-huh. the fight between the dragon and the night horror, right. the Cave of Bones, mm-hmm. and then like following the flocks of birds in the Raven King. Right. I'm really looking to those big sweeping scenes. You know, in a visual medium, I think those will be really exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing Blue's Tree and Foxway. Like, mm. I'd like to see how they do that. Also, like you said, the Cave of Bones, because I love the scene with the elk skeletons. And mm-hmm. that's just, I love that bit. And maybe like Caves Water in general, I'd like to see how they do it. Right. And the scene where they find Noah's car, oh, I think yeah. would be a good mm-hmm. one. An interesting one night. And yeah, how they treat Noah in a TV show yes. is going to be very interesting as far as how the reveal will happen. Right. So. I'm also interested to see how they do things like the Night Horrors or Opal or Kavinsky's Dragon. Yeah, yeah, the, like the sort things of the creatures. Are, yeah, the, the more supernatural stuff. Maggie is currently doing a live tweet of the Raven King. <laughs> Ah. And the scene where Adam is in that scary bathroom underneath the stage and his eye is going crazy. Uh And that's always seemed like such a creepy scene. Uh And that one is also going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So which book cover do I like the most or least? I think my favorite cover is the Raven King, actually. Okay. <laughs> Even though it's the one that doesn't have any of the characters on it, uh-huh. I do, I think it evokes because it doesn't have any of the characters on it. Right. And maybe that's why I like it the best. The Raven Boys is probably my least favorite. Like, none of those boys look like any no. of the characters. They don't. <laughs> Who are these people? I do always wonder about Ronan wearing a jacket in the middle of July in Virginia on the cover of the Dream Thieves. That one's a little weird. But yeah, the Raven Boy is probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. My favorite is probably Blue Lily Lily Blue. Just mm-hmm. because like, well, maybe it's because it's my favorite of the books. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like Blue Silhouette just looks very pixie-like. Mm-hmm. And, and that just fits with the fairy tale feel of the book. And plus, she's my favorite character. Right. I agree with you that my least favorite is probably the Raven Boys, just because it doesn't feel like it syncs. Right. The others feel like they sync with what's in the book. Right. And that one kind of doesn't. If the Raven Boys had just the Raven on it, because I really love the Raven graphic, uh-huh. but the sketchy boys on it don't make any sense whatsoever. I'm like, okay, well, that's Ronan, but which... <laughs> Even the Ronan guy doesn't look a ton like Ronan. I mean, <laughs> there's a Raven Boys cover and I don't remember if it's like the Bulgarian version or the French version. It is so astoundingly terrible, though. It's hilarious. (laughs) And I'll have to dig it up and repost it because it is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then for who do I think is on the cover of Blue Lily, I do think it's Blue. I Mm. saw a theory that it was Adam as well, but... Her name is in the book title. Uh (laughs) It's a book that's pretty well focused on Blue. And not to be spoilery on Maine, but the title of the book is A Mirror, which is what Blue is. Right. 
So I think it's blue. Yeah, I also think it's blue because, like you said, it's her book and it's like it's got her spiky hair. Because, mm-hmm. like, Adam's hair is usually tousled, but it, this is specifically like blue spiky hair. Right. Yeah. And the facial features are more softer. Than Adam yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Adam looks fey too, but in a different way. Yeah. He's angular and gaunt. And uh-huh. the art on the cover of Blue Lily is not gaunt or angular in any way. It's very rounded and very fey, like you mm-hmm. said. Jamie Lynn Lano on Twitter said that was such a great episode. And this was episode 29. Thank they- you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for keeping me company while I wash my car today. Lovingly named Adam. No coincidence at all. <laughs> Winky face. That's a great name. Yeah. I have two questions for your special episode. One, if you guys had to do a podcast about something other than The Raven Cycle, what would it be? And then what are your favorite books other than The Raven Cycle? Wow, an actual play podcast could be fun. If you're not familiar, that's where you sit down with friends and play a role playing game and record it. Stuff like, you know, the Adventure Zone and stuff like that. My notes say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, We're a podcast about gaming in general. It'd also be cool to do a podcast on something spooky or paranormal. Which is also in Davina's books. (laughs) It just showed Shannon my notes and it said probably a gaming actual play podcast or something talking about role playing games. (laughs) And then, go ahead. Um, Yeah, it'd be cool to do a podcast on something spooky or paranormal since I listen to so many of those kind of things. Yeah. And I could also see us doing something like making our deep dives a full podcast, just like random subjects that we just want to talk about. (laughs) Random history and folklore. Yeah, Yeah. basically. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely would do a gaming podcast. I would Mm. love that. And I am actually doing an actual play podcast with friends. So it's just going to be a short term thing. And then I could also see doing a classic childhood literature class or class podcast. (laughs) so like she's doing her teacher face i'm doing my teacher face right now (laughs) class right right, whatever but like alice in wonderland or the oz books Uh and then i put down witchy or spooky stories Uh would be pretty great (laughs) (laughs) all right We have such similar tastes in a lot of ways. And we know each other's tastes really well. well. Yeah. But I mean, we have different opinions on things, which is fine. And the good thing about it is while we may disagree, we usually don't fight about it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we've ever really fought about it. I don't think we've ever fought about anything. (laughs) Yeah. It might be like, I don't agree with you. Mm. (laughs) Uh That's about it. (laughs) I think the most is maybe like a, okay, let's not talk about this right now. Let's talk about it later. Let's talk about something else. All right. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) As far as other books that are my favorites, I really enjoy Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. Mm -hmm. I'm super sad that Terry Pratchett has passed. And you've actually got me into Lee Bordoga. Mm-hmm. I like her stuff a lot, especially the Grisha universe. Right. I'm really into that. And of course, I always enjoy a good like Stephen King novel or like, you know, anything mm-hmm. like horror related. I'm also always on the lookout for new stuff. Right. I tend to gravitate to YA and paranormal romance these days. But mm-hmm. my favorite books of all time, though, are probably The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Mm-hmm. The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. Right. Love that book. Yeah. And the movie. 
and Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. Cool. <laughs> I completely forgot to write down notes for this. <laughs> so I tend to be someone who follows authors. Like mm-hmm. I have favorite authors. Right. And my bookshelves are just cram packed with Clive Barker and Stephen King and Anne Rice, but also like Anne McCaffrey and uh-huh. Robin McKinley. And, you know, just I know we both like Jacqueline Carey. Jacqueline Carey. Yeah, I think I also had recommended her to you at one point. You did. And I absolutely fell in love with her. Yeah. (laughs) So as far as favorite books, I mean, I really am one of those people where my list is going to be 100 books long. Oh, yeah, it is. And I, I'm always like, well, but but I can't rank this one higher than this one. Mm. And this one's so important to me. Oh, my God. If you ask me next (laughs) week, my top three might change. Yeah. So... (laughs) A recent book that I really enjoyed was called The Devouring Grey by Christine Lynn Herman. And that's probably the book that I've read most recently that kind of gave me TRC feels. It's a YA novel. It's got magic. It's got more of that kind of friendship vibe to it that Mm -hmm. TRC does. To say that something is like The Raven Cycle, I've never seen anything, no matter what anyone says. I've never seen anything (laughs) particularly perfectly like The Raven Cycle. There's so much that the Raven Cycle does that you just don't get with anything else. Yeah. An audiobook that I just finished that was super, super spooky, that was also a YA novel, was And the Trees Crept In by Don Kurtagich. K-U-R-T-A-G-I-C-H. And the audiobook is incredibly spooky. Ooh, I'll have to listen I, to that one. I had to stop it. Oh my... Really? Yes. I had to stop it so that I could go to sleep and listen to something else. So that was incredibly spooky to me. Another one that I enjoyed recently, and I've read other stuff by her, is The Accident Season by Moira Fowley Doyle. She also did The Spellbook of the Lost and Found, which I enjoyed. I think I liked The Accident Season better. Okay. But as far as YA authors, like I love V.E. Schwab, Victoria Mm. Schwab. I love her stuff. I think I recommended The Shades of Magic to you, but I don't think think you've read them. I I haven't gotten around to it yet. You know, Lee Bardugo Mm. is great. I finished Ninth House like a couple days after it came out. I'm also just a huge whatever looks good. If it's Mm -hmm. fairy tale, folklore, horror, not mystery, but like mysterious, Uh magic historical supernatural mm-hmm. you and i have such similar yeah taste in i books. mean <laughs> and i want something that's going to be character driven and i want mm-hmm. something that's gonna unfortunately a lot of books i'll be like guess the twist ending you know i am kind of one of those people that guesses what's going to happen in the book so it's very surprising mm-hmm. when i find a book that i'm not going to do that to <laughs> so anyway those are some of the favorite recent books that i've mm-hmm. i've read So Lincoln on Tumblr said, I'd love it if you guys gave some other book, movie, TV show recommendations, either ones that remind you of The Raven Cycle or just ones that you enjoy. Yeah, and I'm terrible with movies and TV shows because I just don't watch anything. (laughs) So, and we just gave book recommendations. So uh, some of my favorite movies just off the top of my head because I, I didn't make a list. Again, I love the fantastical, the little bit of creepy, the little bit of horror. I love things like Big Fish and Pan's Labyrinth. Uh-huh. 
and things like Dark City and Mm. The Matrix. I mean, these are all older movies, but like that's kind of the genres that I will be interested in watching. Something that's got a little bit of darkness to it, a little bit of the fantastical, a little bit of depth to it. Something that when I walk out, I might not know what actually was happening. Was it real? Like Mm. the horror movies, like The Babadook and things like that are going to be the types of movies that I go Mm. for. Especially this time of year. Well, yes, of course. Like <laughs> some of my favorite horror movies are going to be things more like The Babadook. Right. So I can't really think of any movies or TV shows that specifically remind me of The Raven of Cycle. Because mm-hmm. there is a tragic lack of good supernatural romance mystery shows on TV yeah. or movies. Frankly, my favorite show of all time Buffy is Buffy the Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer. I mean, I and it's say, very close to it's kind of a Raven Raven Cycle esque. Yeah. Well, it's character driven. Mm-hmm. You've got a group of teenagers that are best friends. They're fighting the forces of evil. Right. <laughs> you know, there's magic. Yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> I thought of Buffy. And yeah. I was like, well, Navita's going to bring up Buffy. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's my favorite TV show of all time. <laughs> it's also 25 20 years, years old. old. So if you're asking for just general recommendations or just like what I watch, well, I'm not sure if your average Raven Cycle fan is going to be into My Little Pony. Uh-huh. <laughs> because like, seriously, I watch a lot of cartoons. I like My Little Pony and Steven Universe and the new She-Ra is really, really good. Mm-hmm. DC Superhero Girls I watched recently and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, like my favorite cartoon is going to be Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, Avatar. Of Avatar course. is amazing. Yeah. The new Carmen Sandiego is actually a lot of fun, too. I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> I like, listen to I, a lot of podcasts, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to gravitate toward like spooky stuff or stuff that's like really lighthearted and happy and like... Ooh, spooky stuff. Over the Garden Wall. <laughs> <gasps> yes. Oh, and that combines the two. Yeah, like, the fantastical and the spooky. Uh, yeah. My big things, I love things that are inclusive and like have a lot Mm. of good I guess you call them feminist Mm -hmm. Mm. you know inclusive and has good messages and like strong characters character driven that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so Misty Aesthetic said to Raven Girls I've been on Tumblr for like two years now and I still don't know if I'm doing this right you are fine none of us does (laughs) (laughs) Um, you're totally fine I cannot stress this enough you two created my favorite podcast I love podcasts and the fact that I found one with two incredibly intelligent, lovely people who dissect my favorite series to an extent that I never thought could be possible is truly magical. And I love y'all. Aw, we love you too. We do love you too. You're about made Navita cry. Yeah. I mean, I said I'm a weepy person, but yes, of course. My question is with Call Down the Hawk. How much do you think new storylines will be introduced and how could it affect the TV show? Well, for the first few chapters of Call Down the Hawk, we can already see that this story has already expanded and shifted a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, just because the focus is different now. It's on yeah. Ronan's dreaming rather than the quest for Glendower. We've got new characters and a new set of problems. Right. And I totally expect that kind of expansion to continue. Right. As far as affecting the TV show, I'm not sure it will that much because the TV show is going to be focused on the events of the Raven Cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll realize we'll need to see how 
things got to where they are in Call Down the Hawk. You think they'll stay pretty separate? I think they'll stay separate. Mm -hmm. But I'll agree that keeping later things from influencing how you handle older stuff when you go back to visit it can be difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as far as new storylines introduced in Call Down the Hawk, I agree. I think the storylines are going to be pretty much completely different from the Raven Cycle. Uh, mm -hmm. And Maggie has said that they're going to be very differently focused books. So... I don't see a lot of the same storylines coming into Call Down the Hawk from the Raven cycle. Right. Though it is an interesting thought to question how much Call Down the Hawk might influence the Raven Cycle TV show. Mm -hmm. It is. Particularly, I don't know if you're even following this, but if you look at the Lee Bardugo TV show that's supposed to happen, it's going to combine the Grisha books and the Six of Crows Crooked Kingdom. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but it makes me wonder how much of the Call Down the Hawk themes might be introduced earlier into the Raven Mm -hmm. Because it is an underpinning. Like you have that black market that's constantly running through the Raven cycle Mm. that we, sorry, spoilers for anyone who might not know this, Call Down the Hawk, is going to deal with the black market. So will that then influence the Raven cycle TV show as being a more prominent theme? Right. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. like (laughs) It's going to be. Yeah. But I hadn't thought about whether the Call Down the Hawk would influence the tv show and how it might but it could Mm -hmm. so also from jamie are you going to continue being spoiler free for call down the hawk after it comes out and for how long considering the podcast is spoilerific yeah i couldn't remember if we had actually addressed this on the podcast before i think we've talked a little bit about this my thought is that we really need to keep the raven cycle podcast spoiler free for call down the hawk Mm -hmm. and focus specifically on the raven cycle and the reason is is because there are going to be people who are listening to this podcast who live in different parts of the world that won't get call down the hawk right away right so it's not fair to them to have to feel like they are going to navigate a minefield of call down the hawk spoilers in a raven cycle podcast right The other hand is that it's going to be incredibly difficult. (laughs) And I've already found myself putting spoilers for Call Down the Hawk in the notes. Mm -hmm. But I've also found that if I just put them in the notes and either say them in a way that I can cut them out later or just have them in the notes, I feel like I've gotten it off my chest. (laughs) Right. And I don't have to actually have it. I have to say it. I have to say it because I made the connection, but... (laughs) I don't need to actually have it out there. But yeah, like you said, we haven't really talked about it a whole, whole lot. Yeah. And like you said, it might be difficult to keep knowledge from the second series from slipping into our discussions of the first, Mm -hmm. just because like, oh, well, you see that you make that connection. Like you said, you need to mention it. Right. Because like, otherwise you're going to forget about it. Right. But yeah, like you said, they are a separate series and we probably do need to treat them as such as much as possible, just because Mm -hmm. like you said, people might not have access to them or like they might not have been able to read it yet you know right, like right. i mean oh yeah we're gonna spoil the raven cycle well i've read all the raven cycle oh wait now you've ruined the next book for me too right yeah that's <laughs> not fair i have thought about there was a buffy the vampire podcast that was actually a huge influence on how i wanted the raven girls to be structured uh-huh. And there were certain episodes where they had like a spoiler zone at the very, 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 very end Mm -hmm. of the podcast. And they would just mention like, oh, we're going to talk about this in the spoiler zone. 
because okay. they were trying not to spoil episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, that were upcoming, but it was kind of a literary analysis podcast looking at Buffy as a right. literary storytelling device. Mm-hmm. And so they would occasionally have that spoiler zone at mm-hmm. the end. And that's something that could work for us. We could put it after the stinger and just say, after that, da 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 Stop it if you don't want to listen to the spoiler zone because we're going to talk about Call Down the Hawk. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I can see us dealing with Call Down the Hawk spoilers right. in the future. We might just briefly say this, this, and then mm-hmm. put it at the end. Yep. And these are just some comments that folks had sent, not necessarily questions, but I thought that they were interesting and wanted to include them. <laughs> so, louder than the DJ said to Raven Girls... Hey there, I just binged two years and two books worth of podcasts. <laughs> it blows me away that people binge it. But yes, right. seriously, amazing job. You, you gave me new perspectives on the Raven Cycle and ways to look at literature. So thank you. A thing I remember is the deep dive on the Holy Stones. I don't recall whether you said it, but the German name is Hunergott, which <laughs> translates to chicken god. <laughs> Okay. I could insert some joke here about stones and time Time being circular, huh? (laughs) I am looking forward to any and all future episodes and hope you're doing well. Well, thank you very, very, very much. Yes. Did we talk about the chicken god thing? I don't think we did. Mm -mm. Uh Uh-uh. I read this and it's so good and so odd and so specific. And Uh I laughed so hard (laughs) that this was sent to us. So is there anything you wanted to say about that? Yeah, it was like the Holy Stones deep dive was one of our favorites, too. Yeah. It was, in fact, like pretty much the reason we did deep dives. That and the like. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I was like, nope, this is it. (laughs) I am inordinately pleased because we have gotten, I think, more comments on the Holy Stones deep dive than anything else, which is hilarious because I actually thought that was the one that would make people stop listening to the Raven Girls. (laughs) Because I was like, no, this is a thing that's very important to me. And I'm going to talk about it for 20 minutes and it's just rocks with a hole in the middle and you're going to like it. And they did. They liked it. It just, it's so funny because yes, the Holy Stones and Monmouth Manufacturing are the two things that made me want to do deep dives and yes. Okay. Anonymous said to Raven Girls, Howdy, I'm not sure if you guys are interested or not, but Little Beast by Richard Seekin, particularly part six and seven, reminds me of the Raven Cycle so much. Anyway, love you guys. Love you too. Yeah, love you too. (laughs) Did you get a chance to read it? I did, yeah. I have actually looked it up before. And I do love this. But damn, if there isn't anything sexier than a slender boy with a handgun, a fast car, a bottle of pills. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was like, Namita, did you write that? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I've seen a lot of psychic quotes being used for the Dream Thieves in particular. Uh So it's incredibly beautiful and very, very reminiscent of the times that Kavinsky and Ronan spent together. Absolutely. I read over it and was like, wow, yeah, that I can totally see that. Yeah. Maggie said there was a time when their relationship was explosive, but not destructive. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, ultimately, destructive is what it became. Right. Which is kind of what the poem is about. Yeah. And Satanic Foxhole Court said, 
Just listened to episode 25 and wanted to say I love it so much. Again, thank you all for making this possible. I got so excited when the notification popped up that you had a new episode out. Yay, thank you. Thank you. I didn't realize Kavinsky's jabs at Ronan about sexuality as much when I was reading it. But now that you pointed out, I can't believe that I missed it. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm glad that we can brighten your day. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm right there with you on the sexuality stuff. It's kind of like how I didn't get pinched until they were kissing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I totally didn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get that Kay was jabbing at Ronan because Kay was attracted to him Mm -hmm. until it was spelled out. Yeah. Like, I just have no awareness when it comes to that. Right. Like... Right. Well, there's that. And there's also the internalized homophobia. Right, exactly. But then there's also the, well, if I make fun of this, and you're not interested in me, then I can play it off as a joke. Right. And, you know, if I try to actually hit on you seriously, and you're not into it, then obviously something bad could happen. So yes, he is constantly needling Ronan, particularly with some jealousy about Ronan's relationship with Gansey. Right. Right. And being gay with Gansey. So Anonymous said, Hi, I just picked up your podcast a couple of weeks ago and I'm in love. It's all I've been listening to while driving or cleaning or general downtime. It also helps that I'm on my fourth read through so all the Raven Cycle feels are fresh. Aw. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, in the earlier episodes, at least, I'm on episode eight, you mentioned submitting fan casts. I wanted to propose Ava Noblezada as Blue Sergeant. She's the exact image I have in my head. Thanks for answering and thanks for the great podcast. Yeah, I would say she's beautiful. I saw some clips. I think she's in Hades Town, which is a musical that I would love to watch, but I haven't had a chance to do yet. But yeah, absolutely. I'm on board 100%. Yeah, I just want to say so glad you're enjoying the podcast and hope you don't have to wait too long to hear your question answered. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) I think this is one of the older ones, unfortunately. Uh, Oops. Yeah, I can totally see that actress working as Blue. Mm-hmm. She's a great physical fit for it. I haven't had a chance to see her in anything to pass mm-hmm. judgment on her acting or anything. Right. But she definitely looks the part. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending that in. Yeah. And I hope you're still listening. It was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think with that, we're done with the listener questions and the season two wrap up yeah. and all of that kind of thing. So you knew it was coming. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> did you think we would make it two years? I did. You did? I did. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. You weren't? You were no. expecting us to be like, eh? Well, I mean... I didn't know if we would make it two years. I think halfway through season one, I was like, are we really going to do this? (laughs) Is this a thing we're going to do, really? It's like, I'm having a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like two years? It does not. (laughs) Yeah. It does not. And I feel like the podcast has brought a lot of joy into my life. So. I want to just say thank you, everyone, for being with us, whether you've been with us for two weeks or two months or two, two years. years. I know that there are some of you out there that have been with us since pretty the much very the beginning. beginning. Yeah, which is just <laughs> blows me away. Mm, me too. So 
at the wrap up of season one, of course, we came up with a book MVC for the Raven Boys. And I think we can pretty easily say that the book MVC for the Dream Thieves is yeah. Ronan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's his book. Yeah, it's his book. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, it is Maggie Watch. Once again, Maggie is literally live tweeting a book as we record, which is killing me. (laughs) She is live tweeting The Raven King today. And I did read a little bit this morning, but I've been real fuzzy. So I don't know how that's going. But I also wanted to say that she recently posted what she said was one of the most personal posts that she had done in a long time. And she talked about the health issues that she's had over the last few years and actually that they pretty much started during the Raven King. And so how reading the Raven King was something she was very scared of doing. And I wanted to say she is actually believing that she's found what's wrong. Oh, good. I mean, hopefully that is the case. And she's on the road to recovery. I know there's been many, many things that she's fought over the last few years. With that said, I just want to say we're doing this because of a series of books written by an author that's a human being. Right. And she has her struggles and we don't know what they are because she's just a person on the other side of the United States. (laughs) And we're over here in Portland, Oregon, dissecting her words. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what the backgrounds are on what she has said in these books. Like she said that part of the reason that some of the timelines so wonky in The Raven King is because she just couldn't keep the details straight in her head. Mm. So, you know, if we are... And we, by we, I mean me, if I am poking fun at something, I'm hoping that it's not being taken as a malicious thing. Right. If I make fun of the fact that the Camaro is abandoned on the side of the road, (laughs) and it's been forgotten as a plot point, I think that it's charming. And I think that Mm. we wouldn't have a podcast If it wasn't for those types of things, those things are part of the beauty of the Raven cycle to me. Like if we didn't understand why Blue had never met Gansey before, (laughs) yet they go to Nino's every single day. Like these are things that make the Raven cycle fun to talk about. Uh So I don't know that Maggie will ever hear this, but Miss Maggie, thank you so much for everything that you've given us because we've had two years of incredible discussions about these books. Absolutely. Because of you. Yay, Maggie. Yay, Maggie. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Then to come back from that, a supporter shout out. I wanted to give a huge thank you to a listener, Ollie, who commented on Facebook and specifically gave us a recommendation on a book saying, if you're doing an episode on masculinity, specifically as it relates to race and class behavior, Amateur by Thomas Page McBee is a must read. It's a quick memoir with excellent writing. It really lays out the state of masculinity in America right now and the healthy and unhealthy ways it manifests as we raise boys. It also comes from the POV of a trans man, part of a group whose voices aren't often 
often considered in these conversations, even though they likely have the best perspective for it, seeing many sides of how the world interacts with expressions of masculinity. Mm-hmm. If you're going to talk about toxic masculinity, I think this read or audiobook would really help guide a productive and informed conversation. So I did go out and buy it. It's on my to read list. I want to do that within the next couple of weeks. Cool. But I just want to say thank you so much for making that recommendation. Yeah. And yes, those are tough topics to tackle. And we welcome the resources to make a productive and informed conversation. Anyone, everyone, let us know. Feel free to get in touch. We're constantly looking for ways to improve ourselves. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. A huge thanks to our newest patrons, Ollie, thank you again, and Madeline. Thank you. And also thanks to... Mimi. Andrea. Jamie. Nancy. Chelsea. Lynn. Dee the Shadow. Amanda. Tiffany. Louise. Alina. Bella. Hannah. And Rhiannon for your continued support. Thank you so much. And as always, a huge thank you to Mio for the gift of a wonderful logo. (laughs) It's amazing. It makes me happy every single time I see it. Yep, me too. (laughs) And a shout out to Damiano Baldoni, the composer who did the intro and outro music that we use. I am planning on putting the outro in its entirety on this episode. So you should be able to hear that piece of music. And I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's it. Just, you know, stay subscribed. Keep up with us. Yeah. Also, if you aren't aware, I think the giveaway will pretty much be ending by the time this episode goes out. Mm -hmm. But if you happen to catch the last couple of days of the giveaway, there's a giveaway chain for Called on the Hawk on ravengirls.tumblr.com. So feel free to enter with that if there's still time. Okay. And if you do want to catch that other podcast that I'm guesting on, it's at Bikers, Dice, and Bars. <laughs> so you're going to want to look for Bikers, Dice, and Bars on whatever your podcast catcher might be. We could probably uh, leave a note in the show notes. And yeah, stuff as well. we'll, we'll put a note. The first full episode is out. They had a character creation or two character creation episodes on their Patreon which obviously is just extra content of character creation. I hope by the time this episode is released, there will be another episode out or will be out shortly. And it's called Tales from the Loop. So if you don't want to listen to their whole podcast, you just want to listen to what I'm in. (laughs) Look for the Tales from the Loop actual play. And I play a character that is the rocker. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And with that, let's wrap up. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us today. Our next episode will be the Caught on the Hawk special episode in sometime in early November. Mm Mm-hmm. And follow us online or subscribe again for announcements of when season three will be starting and to keep that momentum going for season three. Right. And of course, keep sending in any of your thoughts or tag us on Tumblr or tag us on Twitter or send us comments on Facebook. Right. We totally look at those things and absolutely love hearing from you. Uh, you can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S, on Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com, Facebook at facebook.com slash ravengirls, and you can reach us directly at ravengirls at gmail.com. And our Patreon and coffee are also at Raven Girls. Yep, and there are a couple of extra outtake 
clips up on the Patreon for patrons only. Okay. So that's what we're doing right now is the rewards there. Yay. You can reach me at substanceparty.tumblr.com or via Gmail at substanceparty with all of the A's taken out. S-U-B-S-T-N-C-E-P-R-T-Y at gmail.com. If we've referenced a post or article in the podcast, we will do our best to include source links to those in the show notes. The Raven Cycle and all affiliated properties are copyright Maggie Stiebotter and Scholastic Incorporated. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, whoop whoop Raven Girls! (laughs) Yay! Yay! Schedule, so please Mm -hmm. do follow us. Follow... What is phallusis? <laughs> <laughs> that is not a set of words that actually exists in the English language. <laughs> Please do follow us. Raven Girls. R-A-N. M-A-R-A-N. They ran both night. You spelled R-A-N. Flock of ravens. This is where the deep dive goes. Go deep dive. Go deep dive. It's your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. Okay. You started it. I did. I didn't mean to start it. I finished it. You did. Uh. Are we ready? We're ready. Okay. Ready? Let's okay. go. <laughs> I know you didn't want to for fucking cheerleaders. I know. <laughs> it sure wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Snap, crackle, and pop. (laughs) (laughs) You don't sound like yourself, Navita. (laughs) It's either I'm possessed by demons or Batman. (laughs) Swear to me. (laughs) Snap, crackle. Oh my my fucking God. Oh Oh God, we've got to get done. (laughs) Alright, alright. Sorry. I'll stop I'll stop being funny now. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a little weird without like the da 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 intro. <laughs> like we it's could like... probably do the intro. Hi, I'm Shannon. <laughs> And I'm Navita. And we're, we're the, the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle podcast. Where we talk about four. <laughs> something, 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 something. Something, something, something. Ha, ha, ha. Disclaimers. This is an analysis podcast. <laughs> we talk about the Raven Cycle as a cycle. So it's better if you have read the books before listening. And a disclaimer from me. (laughs) (laughs) We should totally.
totally do that someday. <laughs> I can't believe we Yes, I can. We've had like, what, 16 episodes now? Not only that, but it's been like a, a year and a half. Uh-huh. Two years almost. <laughs> We've been doing this. Kavinsky lewdness, Foxway drinking, <laughs> gray man violence. <laughs> uh, all right, now with that out of the way, <laughs> and with that, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Our next episode will be <laughs> episode nineteen with a deep dive on. <laughs> Forgotters. Yeah.